Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Tuesdays. And this is our, uh, actually, Stu, this is our first, uh, well, I mean, summer starts officially June 21st, but really uh, here in Canada because of the whole climate thing and that we're really north and cold country and that. It really starts July 1st. And uh, so this is our first kind of summer Stu's days, and we, we took a couple of weeks off, maybe uh, maybe even more than that. And uh, what, what, what have you been up to? Uh, well, uh, the beat goes on here. It might be the dog days of summer, but it's, it's a lot going on. There's, it's been a, a pretty interesting time in markets. Um, you know, the, the stock market has broadened a little bit. There's more things participating, which is good. So there's always something to do. There's always a bull market somewhere, as they say, Dave. Wow. So it, it sounds like uh, I'd heard some rumors around the office that you're a little jealous that I described Eric Lascelles is the hardest working economist in Canada, <laughs> and I haven't uh, labeled you with the same uh, kind of uh, level of work ethic. I mean, I, mean uh, I, I thought it went without saying that I know you work hard, but you clearly felt a need to to throw that in that you're you're working while everyone else is relaxing during the summer. <laughs> I'm I'm hard at work, Dave. I'm a twenty four seven guy. I, I I actually know that. So uh, so we'll continue on with uh, with Stu Kedwell the hardest working North American <laughs> equity manager in Canada. Uh, and, and, and again, you, like, as you say, the, the markets have just been uh, astounding uh, in, in terms of what they've done so far this year. I, I, was, just, I was just crunching the numbers uh, uh, yesterday. I think the TSX is up uh, about 14 on the year. Coming into t- today, we're uh, Thursday, the 20th of July, just to, to, to timestamp it. Uh, the S and P coming in from from its uh, low in October to now is up uh, over thirty, and then the Nasdaq is up over forty from its low in the in the fall. So uh, in, incredible move. And then we move into this part of July, and as you say, it is an active time because we're getting a lot of earnings reports, and earnings always give us uh, a view through on what's been happening. Bit of a rearview mirror, but then also companies when they report. They talk about the way they see their business unfolding over the next several quarters, and I know, uh, you know, one of the reasons why you're you're up all night because companies report twenty four hours a day around the world. <laughs> so, uh, so what what are what are you gleaning from from what you've seen thus far? Well, there's you, you, we came into this this quarter, the expectations uh, were that earnings would be down, um, and they are, and they are, but you know, so the bar was pretty low. Uh, for this quarter and and earnings have been a little bit better you know there's some things that don't really surprise you like airline stocks have have really uh you know blown blown things away but you know areas where there was concern in the market um yeah i would say some of those reports have been you know kind of no worse than people maybe expected um and you know and then areas uh you know we talked in the past about you know, the importance of kind of capital markets reopening. And, you know, we're, we haven't had like some of the big tech companies yet and things like this, but we have gone through most of the banks. And, you know, one of the signs has been, you know, this kind of early season, early cycle indicator that capital markets activity is starting to rebound. So, you know, money's starting to move, capital starting to be raised, those types of things, which, you know, is pretty healthy for the economy. So, you know, that's that's probably been one positive. Uh, you know, I would I would definitely say, 
you know, the, the, the slate of capital markets earnings in the last quarter was nothing to write home about. That was well known. But some of the green shoots, some of the activities starting to pick up in that area is is quite interesting. And and so, so I guess the, the, the first wave out of the U.S. Were, were the banks. And I know you, you pay a lot of attention to that. Um, yep. And that, that's that's where you, you're, you're talking about some of the capital markets activity. But beyond that, anything in the bank earnings that uh, gives you reason for optimism or pessimism around the economy? Uh, well, maybe a little bit of you know optimism in the short term. It's just you know unemployment has remained quite low. Uh, you know, so the provisions for credit in kind of traditional consumer lending categories have remained quite low. Um, you know, you know we we tend to focus a lot on the big money center banks in the United States, like a J.P. Morgan Lend Money Center means you do lots of different activities. As many of our Canadian banks do as well, so you know. So when you see like if you are just a commercial lender, uh, like loan growth is slowing quite significantly, as you might expect during this period of time. Um, but uh, you know some of those investment banking areas, maybe which had really slowed, you know maybe they're through the worst and in position to pick up a little bit. So that you know those are some of the things we focus on. We you know in this particular instance to the United States is likely to come out with some new capital rules by the end of July, uh, which, you know, we want to be aware of for Canada. I think this is going to be a very lengthy process. You know, it's probably going to take the better part of, you know, two or three years to work out the kinks and have the final deadline as to where they're going to be. But uh, U.S. banks are going to become more capital intensive, uh, which, uh, you know, we just need to understand. They all seem, you know, I think positioned to either be there or earn the capital to get there. So, at the money center level, not not that concerning, you know. From a you know the next step down and what they call the regional banks, where maybe you don't have as many uh, business activities, like you're really more focused just on deposits and lending. You know those those areas of the business are a little bit slower uh, because deposits are costing more. Um, you know, capital ratios likely need to move higher. There's some intricacies to their uh, you know to the way they were regulated that are going to maybe change a little bit more. So, so, uh, you know, we thought a lot about that, uh, but it, it's not a huge focus for us. So, so when we, we, we add up, uh, what you've seen thus far and what companies are saying about where things might be going. And then we look at a market that's up significantly this year, maybe some of the lagging areas are the material sectors that were so strong last year, uh, energy and materials. Um, you know, so I'm sitting here and I've, I've been slow to move into the market. I've been I've been a little bit skittish about the stock market because of all the worries about a potential recession and and, and what comes out of that. Uh, am I too late to get in? How do I think about uh, where, where we go from here uh, is, is, you know, valuations are higher, but rates are higher. Inflation's down. How do you how do you think about pulling that all together? Uh, in in terms of pulling putting together an investment strategy for yourself, or uh, how should people do you think people should think about it? Maybe. Well, it's, yeah, it's a great point. You know, as an investor, you're always looking in your toolkit for which you know tools maybe is apropos at a certain time. So, yeah. um, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, you know, you know, I think you know while we talked a lot about earnings, we also you know since we last spoke uh, through the early part of July, got a lot of encouraging data on the inflation front, and. Um, you know, there is this, this uh, you know, longer graded framework that we've been working for that inflation will peak and come down and that appears to be taking place. Interest rates, you know, then follow that, you know, peaking and coming down 
that is, you know, generally, I think, still taking place. Uh, you know, there's there's always discussion when you're in the, you know, the seventh or eighth inning of a of a game. Are you going to go to extra innings? But you know, I think like the the meat of the move is over. Uh, interest rates are at a level where you know putting money to work into the fixed income market is quite attractive. Um, you know, we're collecting very good coupon, and if if rates do uh, do decline, uh, we'll get some capital gain with it as a, as well. And then from you know the equity standpoint, uh, you know a lot of those great returns you mentioned have been fueled by a handful of stocks until uh, recently. And, uh, you know, those stocks remind us uh, of, of how good the businesses are. Like, you know, just a couple of days ago, Microsoft came out with some new pricing that included, you know, chat GBT. And, uh, you know, they're going to charge, you know, 10, 20, you know, significant more dollars per month yeah. for using uh, their suite of products with AI in it. So, you know, that reminder, you know, certainly helped uh, the performance of Microsoft on that day. But to me, the more interesting thing and um, is, you know, is a little bit of the broadening of the market. Um, so, you know, the, the, the earnings picture that we sit here today in front of us is, is uh, you know, not one for the next couple of quarters that, you know, I think the, the expectations are set reasonably. But then we have this dynamic where uh, the, the slope of the yield curve is negative, which, uh, you know, often leads to, you know, some type of, of, uh, of slowdown. We have capital markets activity restarting, which, uh, you know, is good because that means businesses are getting access to capital again. They can do things. And we have valuation in that cohort that's, you know, not challenging really in the context of the longer term. So we're spending a lot of time in that area of the market. And, uh, you know, and I think I think uh, we're going to make some some pretty good money there uh, over time. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's kind of what we're thinking about right now. Yeah, and and you made a great point when we were talking uh, just just before we, we we started taping, and uh, we we've, we've asked our uh, our producer Nancy, friendly producer Nancy, to uh, to start taping our pre conversations because they they may be more interesting than than what we actually put on tape. Although that I know for the listeners that's probably hard to believe, but uh, you were talking about just the idea of how you know so like we we would look just as I quoted at the front end of the podcast. I, you know, I, I can track the, the, the TSX, I can track the S&P 500, I can track the Dow, the NASDAQ, a stock indices, all, you know, every day of the week. Uh, there's not a similar bond index that somebody's tracking that, you know, broader investors are tracking that closely. Or, or, you know, I can look at my stock price very quickly. I know what it's, you know, how much it's moved from the point I bought it or, or, and, and, or, or how much I make when I sell it. The bond is a little bit more you know, if I, I, I own a bond with a particular coupon rate in a particular term, do I think about the do I think about the value of that bond? Do I think about the the, the, the coupon rate? It, it's just not as it's just not as upfront. So people people kind of miss that when you get up to these, you know, five, six percent rates of interest, uh, you're earning a nice little coupon. Uh, and then with the expectation that rates come down, you get those capital gains. Uh, but even if rates go up, they're not going from you know zero to one, uh, where you know you're earning you know virtually nothing as as you as you take a capital loss. Now you're at least earning that five six percent, and so if rates end up backing up a little bit more than expected, at least you're earning something. And then of course you can still roll over the other side. So that that fixed income piece is uh, I, I think what a lot of investors, at least ones that I'm talking to and advisors that I talk to as well, are somewhat missing. 
Yeah, I think that's bang on. Like, you know, you, you buy a stock for 10 and it goes to 11. Uh, you buy a bond for 10 and it pays you 50 or 60 cents of interest, but it's it's in a different part of your account, right? Like yeah, you just don't, yeah. you know, so you don't kind of always marry the two together. And, um, you know, so that is a that is a big difference in this environment. And, you know, the ability, you know, that that's kind of plain vanilla. There's there's some different credits that, uh, you know, I know the teams have been able to find where, you know, the returns have been, you know, even better. Um, so, you know, and then that's that kind of gets back to that early phases of capital markets reopening. You know, those are normally times where, you know, businesses that need to IPO, businesses that need capital, you know, the first leg of that is normally a pretty good time to be to be putting money to uh, to work. Um, so that's that's kind of where we sit today. Uh, you know, we thought a lot about, you know, there's you know, there's always, you know, the like a stock is a two legged stool, right? It's, uh, you know, the valuation and the earnings. Um, and and uh, although I did mention I was I was extremely hard at work, I may have been in a golf cart uh, a couple of times. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like the accelerator in your car, like when you take your foot off the accelerator, the car keeps going. But in a golf cart, when you take your foot off the accelerator, it stops the golf cart. So. You know, so there's this notion of like when the Fed is lowering interest rates and they're adding liquidity, uh, that's positive for valuation. And when they do the reverse, um, it's negative for valuation. And we saw a lot of that last year. But as you get to, you know, that maximum negative part, which, you know, we're in the ballpark here, uh, you know, it, it doesn't end up being the same uh, impact. It, it has a... a a, the second derivative. So the, the rate of change now is working in your favor. Um, you know, so that, that has come and passed. So, you know, the one side of the, the one side of the, uh, equation is, is, uh, in reasonable stead. The second part is this kind of earnings thing. And that's where we're the most focused on as we move forward. Like, um, you know, investing over the long haul, the earnings growth is, is, uh, not very volatile. It's around six or 7%. In the short term, it can be a little bit more jumpy, never as much as stock prices themselves. But as we get into the back half of the year, we're going to be double checking the earnings expectations and the earning estimates of the businesses we own. And do we think, you know, the current estimates for the businesses we own are in good shape? Can they be exceeded? And, um, you know, I think the most interesting thing in, in that broader pocket of stocks, we're starting to see a few things where, you know, like that could be a little bit better. That could be a little bit better. Yeah. And, um and uh, and those valuations, uh, you know, are are not unreasonable for some of those businesses. Yeah, and and I I, I think uh, just 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 to wrap up, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about something that I know you really love. <laughs> even even in the dog days of summer, there's still times to dollar cost average. That 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 that's right. And and so I, I want to come back to it because I, I, again, this is just a, if if we go back to those of you who've been listening for a long time, you go back to, to last spring and summer. That's where we were really, really highlighting as markets started to turn that opportunity to dollar cost average. So if you think, if you started a 12-month dollar cost averaging program back last spring, summer, you're done now. You've got your money in the market and you've experienced this liftoff that we've had this year and you were buying at lower levels as the market was thinking last summer. Even right now, though, as the market, if you started this spring, right? You've been buying as the market's been going higher, but you have participated with at least part of your portfolio in this move at a time when, if we go back to March, April, the risk reward, you know, basically the, the, the upside potential 
was less than the downside risk when you looked at things in, in April. So you were able to get some money in, participate in this rally that we've seen. Uh, you don't have your whole portfolio in if you started this past spring, uh, but, but, but you were able to participate a bit. Now, again, as we sit here and you start to look at the, again, the mix of, you know, where, is there more upside or downside over the next 12 to 18 months? Dollar cost averaging allows you to not have to worry about making that pick. Uh, if things go down, you just buy more for less, right? I, I'm, 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 I should have let you go through the whole thing because you're the, uh, you, you articulate the, the advantages of dollar cost averaging far better than I do, but uh, it, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, like I think as investors, we kind of got to ask ourselves, like, are we long-term optimists or are we long-term pessimists? Yeah. So that's number one on choose your own adventure. And and if you choose long-term optimist, then you're saying, well, what what tools do I have in front of me, right? And uh, it would be nice to sit there and say, well, the stock market got to some level where you could just buy it with both hands and, and you know, but that just rarely, it doesn't really happen that often. Yeah. So you know, dollar cost averaging is just a great tool for the long-term optimist to get to their to get to their plan, right? And um, and you know, we've seen it here. Uh, I think it will. I think it will continue to be a great tool um, to kind of get to that 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 long-term optimism that uh, that we talk about a lot. Yeah, and who who if, if, if you just look in general, who builds wealth more effectively? People who are optimists and who take some risk. And, uh, and and put money to work to get that money working for them. And uh, you look historically, that's, uh, that's sort of always been the rule. Things, uh, as bad as things might seem at any, any particular point in time, over the long haul, they're always getting better. And uh, you, lose, you, lose, you lose sight of that if you're having a, if you're having a particularly bad day, uh, but, but here, here and there, but, but overall, you think of where we are today versus I, I know when I was a, when I was a kid, it's, it's a much better world today than it's ever been. Well, that was a long time ago, Dave. <laughs> it, 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 it was a long time ago. And uh, by, by the way, your little golf cart story, that's just another example of how hardworking <laughs> you are. Because if you walk the course, it would take you an extra hour to play. You drove the course, and so you got back to work an hour earlier. That's right, Dave. Always thinking. The, 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 uh, the analytical mind at work every single moment of every yeah, single Well, you day. can play golf and listen to a podcast, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know this. And, and I, I suggest this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stu, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks as always. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.